I learned on the fly as I was going mm-hmm. over a two-month period how to run this local school board campaign. And oftentimes I was overwhelmed. There was just way too many things to learn, too many things to do. And really my choice was either paralysis and just trying to absorb everything I needed to do or drop stuff. The only way I could stay sane about this was look at, here's the things I need to do. I can't do them all, drop them, release some pressure, and then let me move forward. You can make trade-offs. Yes. Welcome to The Belief Shift, the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful small business. I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, small business coach and consultant who spent too much of her career working in corporate business performance. And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity. Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it, but mostly we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. Welcome, George. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I would like to talk about goals today. We're fast approaching the end of 2022, which I find rather mind-blowing. And that's usually when people start thinking about goals. I think some people might wait till January, but now's the time when we start to think about it. So I'm curious, when do you start thinking about annual goals? (laughs) It depends. At work, start thinking about goals as early as halfway through the fiscal year. Because you want to or because you have to? It's because I have to. Given my choice, I tend to think maybe a quarter ahead. But you know, in a larger organization, it, it do have to think longer ahead. There's so many people to coordinate with. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. In our current organization, we've actually started well, goals slash reorg a year ahead. And that's just insane. For me personally, I was making a joke with you before that I personal life, I start on December 31st, but that's not actually true. I mean, we'll do things the last week of the year to figure out, like I use New Year's resolution as a nice forcing function for goals. I formulate them in that format is kind of fun and makes it informal for me. But actually throughout the year, as something comes to me, I'll make a little note about it. This is something I'd like to focus on next year. Maybe it's a form of exercise. Like I've decided I want to focus more on swimming next year because of the experience I had with Ivy swimming and swimming with him that I never really thought about before. So I will start collecting little goalets (laughs) throughout the year, but then I'll really put that together the last month of the year. How about you? You're the planner in this family. I'm always planning. For my business, I start thinking about it in November. Okay. Awesome. And in fact, I just did this process, which maybe I realize I should maybe also talk about just for a minute. The reason I start thinking about it in November is... It's kind of October, November, as I'm thinking about how do I finish the year strong? So I've maybe got goals that I set that I'm not going to make. I can see I don't have enough runway left in the year to make them, but I'm not giving up on them. I'm really thinking now I'm at the end of the line here. How am I going to make this work? It's always in concert with, and then what does that mean for next year? So it always starts in that way where I start thinking about what is that going to mean for next year versus what I'm going to finish this year? And I go through a process of really scoping down, getting really, really tight on what are the most essential things I've got to do to finish this year so that I finish it well. And I use a Kanban board. You ever use those? Yeah, yeah. You guys can Google this. It's basically, I have my to-do and my in-progress. I actually do to-do, on-deck, in-progress this week and done. 
it just helps me to see how things are going. And I'm actually using post-its and moving them through. So I can see it on my wall back here behind, That's awesome. uh, behind the camera. And it really helps me visually see, is that even achievable? Can I get all of that done? Um, it prompts me to start thinking about it because it leads right into the next year. So that's usually when I start to think about the business planning and then I'll set aside time to do it in December to do like a real process for myself in December when things start to slow down. I don't really like to wait till January because usually for me, I'm trying to lead other businesses through their processes. So I want mine to be done. So I have a little bit of a different guide for how I prioritize it because it is my business. What about your personal life? In my personal life, I don't think about it till January. So I focus on the business and I usually don't think about personally like, so what I want for this year, I mean, it is a little bit folded into my business planning process. So part yeah. of the process as a business owner is I also think about personally, what kinds of big things do I want to have happen next year? But then I'll get maybe more specific about it in January, but usually the big stuff, like we want to make a really big trip this year. And so that's going to affect my business planning. And so that kind of stuff happens as part of the planning process, but yeah. smaller things like your example of more swimming versus running or the smaller things like that, that my business doesn't really have anything to do with. That's just how I choose to use my time when I'm taking care of myself, or I've thought about wanting to take Zoe little rescue pup Zoe and put her in a little uh, agility training thing. So awesome. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I want to do that next year. Just little things like that, which really don't have anything to do with my business. That'll show up in January. So that's usually what happens. I'm curious about how many people actually achieve their New Year's resolutions because we talk You're about setting New Year's yeah. resolutions and then people do not make them happen, right? So this is from Inc.com this January 2022. Of the 41% of Americans who actually set New Year's resolutions, only 9% were successful in keeping them. I see this in action every year when I go out for my New Year's Day run, and it's the busiest day on the trails every year. So many people are doing walks or little runs. You can see it's their New Year's resolution, like, I'm going to exercise more. You can see that manifest itself. And those people all stop by the, by February 1st, usually by January 15th. So not only is it like 9% doing, but the curve about when people fall off is pretty quick, too. So I just Googled this too, how many companies actually achieve their goals. And it says just about 5% of small business achieve their annual goals. And another thing, about 90% of organizations don't actually do strategy successfully, which is what leads mm. them to not reach their goals. Mm. So these things sort of come into play together. All sorts of things happen throughout the year that you can't predict and you can't even pivot around. So when you put that into play, it's not so much about just achieving the goals, but do you feel good about the progress you made toward those goals? Yeah. I find people who have set goals for the year and then they come and they like, I keep not working on the goal is actually the problem. And there are reasons for that. So that was okay. the topic I really wanted to focus on today. There's a lot of focus on setting the goals, but that sort of set them and forget them thing always comes into play because then life takes over and we get busy and we just start doing other things. And yeah. the goal represents something new and different that we have to do in our lives and in our businesses. And that right there is where the problem begins because we're not really good at adapting and doing new things. We get in our routines and our habits and we're doing our old things, but being deliberate about making that change is not that easy. And yeah. it applies to business too. You're not not reaching your goals because you're not smart enough or you're not disciplined enough. I think the problem just lies in the process. It's in the process that we use to actually set and pursue our goals. 
So we're going to talk about that today. It's the process over outcomes is what we're highlighting from our belief shift standpoint. We're really going to focus on the process of what do you do in order to do a better job with your goals? Because I hope lots of other people think this, but I personally think there is no better feeling than I've got such a great plan for next year. And also knowing that I know how to execute on that plan. The plan isn't good just because it looks good. It's good because you actually feel confident in what to do. That does take a little bit of work. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. I think that's good. This really all comes back to the concept of strategic planning in business. Mm. And we talked in episode 10 about what we get wrong and why it's important. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to episode 10, where we really dug into just the concept for businesses of strategic planning, why it's important and what we get wrong. So I don't want to repeat all of that again, because we've already talked about it. I really want to focus on the process. How do we get it right? So first, I think it's important to just lay out what goes in it, what goes in this plan. So I'm just going to quickly go through this. We'll drop this little list in the show notes. There's five levels of planning. So at the top, you have your mission, vision, and values. Maybe not in that order, but those are three components. You have a vision statement, a mission statement, and your values are clear for your business. The next level down is where you start setting your five-year aspirations or goals. You can think of them either way. And these might be a little bit muddy for you. And as a small business owner, you might struggle to come up with Hmm. what this is, but it's important to just start thinking about it. And if you're not sure, maybe start with what you don't want. People are pretty clear about what they don't want their business to do. (laughs) But start thinking five-year goals. And then also this is the level where you start thinking about your strategic direction and the business model which go together. These are your choices. I am choosing how I want to operate my business. So you're making choices. That's this bigger picture. Then the next level is annual planning. Now I have to decide on the, how I'm going to do this and what is the work. So there's some analysis. You got to look at the internal and external fact. You might be familiar with SWOT analysis. There's another one called SOAR, S-O-A-R, two just great ways to do analysis in your business. You're going to set goals at this level. And then you need a roadmap of the projects or the activities I'm going to do throughout the year. So this is what your plan now looks like, again, in support of if I want to reach these five-year goals, what do I need to do this year? And so these are, again, making choices. And there is strategy within this. You strategically have to decide, how am I going to do it? And then what is the work? And what are my goals to make that happen? Then you go another layer down. Now we start to make it more actionable. So what's going to happen this quarter? What are my Q1 goals? So I have this big annual plan, but it's not very actionable the way it is at that level. It's still very big picture. In order to make it actionable, I go down to now I got to get to Q1. I've got goals, objectives, and metrics. The next level underneath that is I'm implementing. So my projects and my actual activities, like what actual things I'm going to do on a regular basis every day to make the plan happen. Those are really all the components of the plan. What do you notice about where goals sits in the plan, George? I know the answer to this question. Goals are not the first thing. You don't just jump in. There's a lot of stuff that goes before them, where it's right in the middle. And that's just very important. I worked at Sun Microsystems a billion years ago, and I took this class, Finance for Non-Finance Managers. It was great. Really taught me about finance basics. And in this multiple day class, the last day and a half was this simulation exercise where we were told you're going to run a company. And here's the things that we've taught you about, you need to think about in the company. We got in small groups and we're going to compete against each other. 
And we were told very clearly, okay, you're going to set company goals about how you're going to allocate your money and what you're going to do. Before you do that, spend time deciding what kind of company are you going to be? Are you going to be the low cost leader or the best service class leader, or are you going to be fully integrated? What kind of company are you going to be? Because that's going to determine your goals. Great. Made sense to most of us, apparently, but not all of us, because we get in there. And in my working group, there was this hard charging guy who just wanted to immediately start setting goals. Here's how we're going to spend our money. And here's where we're going to market. And I know what we got to do. Let's just get going on this. And a couple of us were like, wait, wait, wait. What about the part where he said, think about who you want to be, what kind of company you want to be? And he had no time for that. And somehow, I don't know why, but we kind of went that way to making goals and we ended up losing the competition to others. And it was clear these other people had thought about what kind of a company they wanted to be. And that really molded the direction of their goals very clearly. You could see that connection. And we had no guidance. We'd had no values, mission, statement, vision, none of that. We just had goals at random. It's a classic problem, right? We skip all of those front end steps. Goals are important, but they're only as good as the work that you do around them, both in the front and the back end. Your story is so great in illustrating the importance of doing the work up front. Everything you were talking about in the example, what kind of business are we going to be? That's your strategy. What did you say before when you told me this was like, are we going to be the Waffle House or are we going to be French Laundry? French Laundry. What kind of place are we going to be that provides food? You can't just say we're going to be a restaurant. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Both are great. Different niches. So how you're going to do that is really important. And then on the back end, what also gets missed is we set a goal, but we don't have a process for actually getting that goal done. It's in a post-it or it's in a planner but it's not actually planned out. What actions do I need to take to do it? So that goal sits in the middle and has all of this work on either side of it. When we focus on the outcome, we're going straight to the goal. When we focus on the process, we do all the things that I just talked about. Start at that very top level with the vision and a mission statement, and we walk it all the way down to the actual projects and activities to implement it. I just talked through the what goes in it. So let's talk a little bit about what would this process look like in reality? What would people actually do? And I'm just going to caveat this with, there's a bunch of nuance within these steps. So they will sound oversimplified, but I want to give you the picture of what it all looks like. So here's how it goes. So the first part of the process is you're going to create the plan. So you want to create a draft of a plan. That's one little tiny bullet point with a whole lot of work in it, but you're going to draft a plan. (laughs) You're going to do research as you do that plan, and you're going to shop it around. You're going to get input from people about the plan, which could be a team, it could be experts, thought partners, coaches, colleagues, but you need to get some input and you're going to then improve the plan based on that input. So that's in the create process. Okay. Then in the deploy process, you're going to share it with your team. So that could be people that work for you as employees or as vendors or as whatever. And if you do have employees, the deployment process includes now using that plan to establish department level and employee goals. So what they're focusing on is all connected to what you want, the direction you want the business to go, what you want the business to achieve that year. So instead of them just designing their own stuff, they're doing it directly in alignment with your plan. So that's the deploy piece. Then the implement is the next step. And that's where you actually establish, well, what projects do I need to do? Mm. And this is also where you want to say, I need some sort of system or process for managing the day-to-day. So I ensure that the priorities get scheduled because much of the work in your plan 
isn't stuff that comes automatic within your business. You have a bunch of stuff you're doing to run the business, but this plan includes new stuff. And so you need a daily management system or a daily management process that makes sure that your priorities are getting scheduled and done. And you also need to then have a way to assess your progress on a regular basis. So how am I making progress? Am I making improvements? And so this can include things like QBRs or quarterly business reviews, or you might do monthly reviews or whatever you do, you need to review your progress on a regular basis. So that's all in this implementation spot. And then the last step is improve. My next quarter goals are going to get set based on this quarter's goals. And how did I do? How did I perform? I shouldn't just randomly set those. And how can I improve my process or on my approach? Can I make improvements to my daily management system to ensure my implementation is going better? All of these things, this is your opportunity to make the process better. You might go back and improve on the plan. You're going to go back and improve on how you deployed it or how you implemented. So there's opportunity to improve all those levels. None of this is set in stone. You want to constantly be iterating and improving on it. So that's the big picture, high level process. George, I know you have thoughts I can see in your face. A couple of things, I hadn't really thought about it this way before, but a couple of things that stand out are how collaborative you've articulated these steps. So for example, in the creation part, there's an explicit step for shopping and around, which I think is hugely valuable. I'm a people person anyway, so I like that. But I think the idea of not keeping this in isolation, you're putting in the process is really important. The only thing I'd want to tell people is, you know, there's a way to know when you're done shopping around or not talk to everybody, but that's great. And then later on in the deploy step, sharing the plan with your team, I think also collaborative. I think that's really cool. What stands out amongst the structure is the fighting against isolation involving other people. I'm not sure everybody thinks about that. I do see that as a big challenge in even the bigger businesses that I work with, where they really struggle to prioritize taking time to sit in a room as a team and work on that plan together. They want people to come up with your plans, send them to me, the boss, and then I'll just put them all together into a plan. You can see right away what's wrong with that. (laughs) I didn't get to have a conversation with that person. We're going to make a much better plan together when we thought partner in person than if we just send words around on paper. I think part of the reason we don't do it is it's a messy process. Having conversations and sharing ideas and the push and pull of that can feel a little anxiety inducing. What am I going to do with that? If you're the boss, it can feel like, what if I don't like their idea? I don't want to have to incorporate their ideas if I don't think they're good. Yeah. And you know what my message will be, right? Which is, I hate to tell you this guys, but you're a leader and that's your job. It's also not a democratic (laughs) process. You aren't taking everyone's idea and putting them in your plan. So this is really important in the shop it around idea. So I'm glad that you brought this up, George, because the first thing is to know who you want feedback from. Yeah. And it's not everybody, but everybody will give you feedback. Everybody has an opinion, but you don't want all the opinions. You only want the opinions of a few key people. So know who you want feedback from. I have had clients where I've had to push them to get feedback from areas of their business that they were hesitant to do, but it's important. If they're within your business, you should hear them. It's the outside the business you start to get even more questionable about, but then you're still running it through this filter of your own judgment. As a business owner, you are setting the direction. Think of it as research. This is part of my research process where I just want to hear what other people have to say, and then I'm still going to decide what I'm going to do with it. So don't take that shopping it around as, 
I'm just supposed to plop everybody else's idea into my plan. And this goes for your business plan, for a project plan, for any kind of plan you're creating. Somebody owns that plan is responsible for making decisions about it. And for business owners, it's you. If you're managing a project, it's the project manager and sponsor. The book stops there. It's not a free for all. So keep that in mind as you do that shop it around process. We were talking about the sharing it with your team. Yeah. Did you have a story you want to share in there? I'm going through a current reorg in an organization right now, and I can sense the anxiety amongst my direct reports. They're great. They act like adults. They're pretty calm people, but you know, reorgs are anxiety creating. So I'll hear little hints of that during one-on-ones when somebody will say, hey, the SVP made this announcement. Anything I should be thinking about, or what do you think is the impact on us? In my experience, the best thing that helps quell that is when I'm frequently, consistently updating them as I hear things. I don't wait for those questions. I'll be in some meeting. I'll say, okay, hey, if you're interested, here's something I've learned. It's work in progress. No decisions will be made. Just want to give you the update on the kinds of things we're talking about. So they hear some condensed version of the conversation stream that I'm involved in. So they don't wait six months until they hear, okay, big decisions have been rolled out. Your job is gone. You're doing something else. You no longer work for me. No, no, no. They already have an idea about like all the concepts that led up to it. So when you say share it with your team, I really like that. And for me, what works is when I can share small incremental changes that makes it boring, but they're prepared. There's no surprises. Yeah. I think the no surprises should be your main theme always yeah. as a business owner. Yeah which means you're probably going to feel like you're oversharing about what's going yeah. on in your business. But it is removing, as we would talk about it in lean terms, you're removing waste by mm. sharing at that level because the waste that will show up in your business is people having these side conversations, trying to make sense of what you're doing or what you said because you weren't clear enough. They're going to make a story up and it's not going to be the right story and they're going to waste time doing that when they could just be doing the work you want them to do. That's wasted time. It could waste money because people might make decisions that aren't aligned with your plan because they didn't know the plan and they thought yeah. they were making the right decision, but it turns out it wasn't. So there's all these ways where it just creates wasted time, effort, money in a company when you don't have everybody aligned around all the right things. And again, even if you're just a little micro business, mm -hmm. it still applies and can apply even more because even a small decision that's off base can have a huge impact because you're so small. I see. Big businesses have to steer that big ship. And so they tend to pay more attention to it because there's so many people, but yeah. small businesses, I think don't pay enough attention because they think, well, I'm small and it's not that big of a deal, but I would argue it can have a much bigger impact on you because you are small. The scale works the other way. And at the end of the day, this is just one of these fundamental leadership principles, which I can't wait for us to talk more about this next year, actually, <laughs> which is just respect for people. Yeah. Respectful to the people that you're counting on in your business, if they're better informed about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I like being informed. Why would others not want to be? Exactly. There is a little bit of what if I put myself in their shoes? What would I want to know? My cat wants to know our plan, for goodness sake. Oh she gosh, wants yes. to know, what are we doing now? Every living thing wants to be informed. This is true. Every living thing wants to know. <laughs> so that's the basic high-level process that you might go through as you're doing this. Now, within there, part three of this conversation is, how do you actually do all of that well? 
We just talked about one of them, which is involve others. And again, I cannot emphasize that enough. I, we talked about this a little bit in episode 10, where we talked about one of the pitfalls to avoid, which is that the strategy either only resides at the top or only with you. And that's a big mistake a lot of businesses make. While you are the one who does make those final decisions, keeping all those decisions with you is not a good idea. So involve others in the creation process and in the deployment process. Yeah. That's the first one. The other one is to make it iterative. So assuming that you have a crystal ball that can see into the future and perfectly plan out an entire year is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. It's what we ask businesses to do. And unfortunately, if you have, if you know, the big business, this is where small businesses have a huge benefit. If you aren't reporting to a board of directors, you don't have the same constraints that big business does. So small business has a big leg up here where you can make this an iterative process. So plan for the year for sure, but keep coming back to that plan because things change, especially if you're small and you're just starting to figure this thing out. If you're in your first five years trying to figure it out, there is a bunch of pivoting that's going to go on, guaranteed. Yeah. And even after that, lots of businesses end up reinventing themselves. They completely rejig what they want their business to be. These are strategic choices you make. There's nothing in the world that says you can only make those on an annual basis. So iterate as you need to. Make sure you're revisiting that plan. The other way to do this well, and this is related to the iterative process, but do regular reviews of your progress. Don't only look at this plan in December and January. Look at it every quarter, every month. How am I doing? Am I tracking? How do I make adjustments? That's part of this iterative process. Also related to this, is make sure you're building it into the routine of your business. Make it part of your regular schedule. Mm. Don't just tell yourself, yep, and then I will do it. Like, do it as soon as you set your plan. Make appointments with yourself on your calendar for when you're going to review and update your plan. Every week, uh, Monday mornings, I have a block of time when I set my weekly plan. That's my daily mm. management system for the week. Gets established then. And then I do have every month, and I actually do this in my membership, I take my members through a monthly reflect and assess process, and we reset huh. their monthly goals. So I have that time carved out. I also, in my every month process, I do my financial review, what was my performance, and I track all my numbers, and then I set my next month's goals. Hmm. And then every quarter, I look at it from that big picture perspective. How did I do in my quarterly goals? What are my next quarter goals? And I set the stage. And those are literally scheduled times on my calendar to do all those things. Hmm. So that's what I mean by make it part of this routine, book it into your plan. It's got to be part of your work. This is the working on the business you have to make time for. Yeah, it's awesome. The final thing that I would say about this is do what you can do. If this feels overwhelming, Meet yourself where you're at. As a coach, I do this a lot where I'm, I'm trying to meet my clients where they're at because if I try to create too much change at once, they get overwhelmed and we're all human. We can only handle so much. So have a little grace for yourself. And if you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't done any of this or I'm not even close to this and everything Camille's talking about, just it sounds overwhelming. Don't get overwhelmed. Take a deep breath <laughs> and just decide where you're going to start. So if you're one of those people that's like, I've really been doing the thing where I put a goal on a post-it note or in a planner and I don't do anything. Well, now you can start part of this process and you don't have to do all the pieces. You don't have to do yeah. every component of the plan. Just start doing some of them because I don't want you to throw the baby out with the bathwater here and just be like, I can't do anything. I'm just going to 
do nothing. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. That's the worst thing you can do. Do one more thing. Just one more. I agree. I was telling you before about, I just got done running this small local school board campaign for the first time ever in a compressed timeframe. Never done it before. I made mistakes literally every day. And there was this list of things that really I should be doing for a proper campaign, but I could not do it all. And I had a couple of alternatives, either completely ignore my family in a way that I just really could not do. Some people say, just tell your family, you're not going to see them for a couple of months. And that physically was impossible because my wife has her own nonprofit she's running. We just could not do it. I could not make that choice. That was option one. So I couldn't let it consume my life 24-7. Option two was get paralyzed, just spend time thinking, how do I do all these things? How do I make it work somehow? And just really spend so much time thinking about that, that I didn't do anything. Days were leaking away. I needed to do something every day. And the option three, which is what I, my go-to option in this campaign was drop something. Like, I know that's a bad thing. I'm not doing it. I should do it. But if I don't drop it, I'm not moving forward. And I found I could do other things, learn more about how they work, get better at them, feel pretty good about them. And I was clear, like, if I do this again, I'll make different trade-offs. I felt a lot better. I mean, taking your advice here of just dropping something and dropping things so I could do something and make progress really feels good once you get used to that. That's such a great example because you it was overwhelming. Everything was that everyone was telling you to do. And it was like, that's just not going to feel right. You probably technically could have done it. That's the other thing is you might look at this and be like, I mean, I could do it. Yeah, anybody could do it. It's not necessarily a question of you could, it's whether you should. How does that actually fit into your life, into your business right now? So that's the meeting yourself where you're at, like what's really feasible. And it gets back to the idea of the trade-offs over sacrifice. Yeah. Make the right trade-offs so that you can get it done. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I have one more very self-serving bullet on the how to do it well, which is just do it with me because it's hard to do when you're just doing it by yourself for the first time. (laughs) And there are so many benefits to doing it with somebody who's been through it. So if you're interested, there'll be links in the show notes. Or also, I'm just going to drop my email in there so people can just email me. It's Camille at CamilleRapaz.com, but I'll put a link in the show notes. If you're interested, just email me. It's awesome. I think it's great. We're telling you how to run this well, but we're also clear, don't worry about getting all right the first time. Just get to the point where you're doing some of this stuff because then you get to play again. You get it more right the next time. Absolutely. And you're not going to get to that point of, wow, I'm really good at this running the business thing. Until you just start. And when you start, you're going to fumble around a little bit. And I do know so many business owners who, you know, they've been at it for 10 years and they still feel like they're fumbling around. The only reason that they feel like they're fumbling is they've been really successful in keeping that business going because they're work so hard in the business. They're experts at what they do, but they haven't had the guidance they need for working on the business in this way. And it's because I think people often think, well, I'm supposed to just know this stuff. And I just want so much for all small businesses to know you are not supposed to just know how to do this. Nobody's learning how to do this organically in the world or by reading a few blog posts. The only way you learn it is by doing it. And it's deliberate practice, which means you have to have someone, whether it's me or another business coach, who's actually giving you some guidance on how to do that deliberate practice. Like I can go practice how to play piano all day long, 
but I'm going to only really get good at it if I have a teacher who's telling me where I need to adjust. And it's the same thing with getting good at how I run my business. That's the big gap that I really want to close for people. Because when they get good at that, the business just gets so much easier to run. They get to have more fun doing the stuff they actually want to do in their business or elsewhere. Some people are looking to launch a second business or a new angle on their business. And it's what frees you up to be able to do all of those things that you want to do. That would be my big message to people about this. Cool. All right. I'm going to wrap things up. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll be back in your ears next week. See everybody. Bye. Bye.